Hi, I'm Emmanuel, and welcome to It's Not That Hard, your weekly podcast talking everything about entrepreneurship, running a business, customer service, and everything in between. Running business is a difficult thing to do, but at the same time, it also shouldn't be that hard. I hope you enjoy. Swipe. Hi, I'm Emmanuel, and welcome to It's Not That Hard, our weekly podcast talking everything about entrepreneurship and running a business. Um, I want to thank our sponsor this week, none other than Butler by LordWallington.com, San Diego's number one home and lifestyle management service. You can learn more about Butler by LordWallington.com at LordWallington.com. I want to welcome you to our very first podcast, um, my, myself and my wife, Onda, here. Onda. Hi. Um, we wanted to title this first episode, The Beginnings. Um, like with any journey, there has to be a beginning. And... Um, Hopefully not an end that's not an end that's too soon. But this journey that we've been through has has been interesting, and I think that the more entrepreneurs that we meet, the more business owners that we meet, we all have very unique and interesting beginnings as to um, where we are. The journey that we've taken from idea to concept to um, putting those concepts into action and building something out of them. So um, we have Andy here. I just wanted to, to kind of talk to you guys about. Um, our journey because it's been really interesting. We've had we have a very unique background uh, to where we are today. And um, what do you think, Anda? Well, I think beginnings for most people have to do with uh, motivation. Um, something inside of you motivates you to try something or start something. And for me, um, as you know, before I met you, I had this really great. Uh, peaceful, carefree life. I had my corporate job and then I had my friends and then I met you. And then... And I took it all away. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, You're welcome. For anyone who knows Emmanuel, he's very creative, um, a very entrepreneurial spirit every day. There's a new idea and I, I wanted to see if I could... Um, be creative. I wanted to know, I wanted to find out if I'm able to create something of my own um, aside from my corporate job. And so I started trying out a few things. I started trying to make jewelry, um, pillowcases, um, paint glass. They were all disasters. I quickly realized that I'm not really good with my hands at all. And so um Around that time, one of my friends shared this article on Facebook about Sofia Moroso, who launched, um, at that time, who had launched Nasty Gal brand. And her story was that she was pretty broke in college and um, started reselling um, fashion that she would buy from thrift stores. And she would sell them at a profit on eBay. And so that article kind of inspired me and I thought, well, if I can't make anything myself, perhaps I'd be good and good to um, sell other people's stuff. You know, I, I do have a, um, a head for business. So the same day on the way home from work, I stopped at the consignment store and I bought, I remember I bought these, the set of four dessert plates by Ralph Lauren. They were discontinued. Um, 
it was a discontinued pattern and I bought them for $8 and I sold them for $40 within just a couple of weeks on, I think it was on eBay. And then from there, um, I started researching and I, I found Etsy and Etsy has been my main home for the past, I want to say three, four years. House of Andalou has grown and has shaped itself into what it is today on Etsy, which has been a great, a great platform um, for me. Well, let's take it back all the way to your beginnings. Um, so what was one of the hardest things? Okay, so once we, we tried the, the crafts, you could say, we tried the painting, we tried the pillowcases, we tried all these things that just weren't working out. It didn't work out, great. Um, we gave probably we probably gave it a couple of weeks each shot to see what would happen. Some of them lasted a day. We just looked at the product and said, "Wow, nobody's going to buy this," which that was an easy way to to smash the ideas. But if we go back to this, what was one of the mo- the biggest challenges in the beginning of letting go of one idea and moving on to the next? What was uh, did anything hold you back with thinking you know like oh if I keep trying I'll get better or was it just a that looks awful next you know what what was your motivation of moving forward? Uh, I think it was very obvious to me that that was, I was pretty horrific at everything. <laughs> it it came from, from within. I wanted to like it. I wanted to be good at it, but I knew it's, it's not within me. I, I am creative in a business sense. I can get pretty creative, um, with business idea and concepts and structuring deals, but I, and words, You're and, words. and words, I suppose, but I'm not. I'm not artistically creative. And so I knew it would have been a waste of time. You can't, I didn't have the talent and I don't think that you can um, create talent. If you have it, you can nurture it, but if you don't have it, you just don't have it. So waste of time figured, you know, kill the ideas that you know deep down they're not going to work and focus and put your energy and time into the ones where you know you have an innate talent for right so they're taking you know we're talking about the beginning of beginnings here let's talk about the the branding the ideas that we had for branding the, the images that we had um how sad were those when we first started for House of Andalou? For House of Andalou. Looking back, I mean, for all of our yeah. businesses, looking back at it in the very beginning, we were taking our pictures with our iPhone 5 or whatever it was um, and editing them dramatically to the point where we were just altering the way that the product even looked. And it's, oh my, it's embarrassing. And I think that um, looking where we are today, it is, it's an accomplishment because um, it's definitely not what we were doing. What, what we were doing. We learned a lot from that. Um, but let's, let's also talk about your branding and, your, and the names that we've been through and, and the ideas behind those. I think for me, branding is the, the number one struggle. And I think the brand is what sells um, your product or your service. So certainly the most important thing, I believe. Um, but um, so, yeah, it, it was my biggest struggle. Originally, it was called Kill an Hour, and that was your idea. No, it was, I thought it was, yeah, it was my idea. I but it was Kill an Hour, yeah. <laughs> but the word kill on, uh, on the internet isn't a helpful search term. No, and then when we created Kill an Hour, the idea behind it was not an online store. It was more of, a, of an online magazine. That's kind of what I had in mind, more of a blog. Um, 
and that didn't go anywhere. But um, so we operated, what started as Kill an Hour and then the, the brand and the business itself evolved over time. You know, initially we started selling pretty much anything vintage housewares, no clothing. But um, in time, we noticed the things that were selling really fast and really well. We, we focused on the demand and narrowed down our, um, our scope. So today, House of Andalou is exclusively a tableware um, product line. So um, China sets, dinnerware, glassware, um, tea sets, coffee sets, anything that goes on a table. So it targets primarily hostesses. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so at some point a few, a couple of years ago, we rebranded under House of Andalou. Andalou has been my kind of my nickname, nickname, um, since childhood and house because I love to entertain and I love to entertain at home. And that's kind of how it started. Okay. So what well, we also have to, you know, those were the, the business ideas that we had idea that we had. We also had the, um, the, the body care products that we tried for a little bit. Um, looking back at those, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we made, which most entrepreneurs do, is they put a lot of uh, a lot of money into these things um, to try to get them to work, which you have to do, I think. If you don't do that, then you'll never know. Um, with our body care products, we put a lot of... Uh, how many labels do you think we went through or still have? Thousands yeah. <laughs> of these labels. And it was a great idea. Just the market was a little bit oversaturated with it. And we were trying really hard to do everything uh, by the book because there's a lot of regulations for body care products and stuff. And it just became too much um, trying to do that with the, the vintage dinnerware. So I think that, um, and you always told me at the very beginning, you have to focus. Well, focus. I think there is something to be said about spreading yourself too thin. If you focus on too many initiatives and you you um you you split your energy and your focus into so many directions that none of them truly get your 100 percent focus and so when you give something only 30 40 percent there's just not enough right and i think that you know that's obvious in where we are today with our businesses is where we slowly killed off the things that weren't working and it wasn't, you know, my biggest fear in the beginning was if we just, if we kill them off, you know, what, what will somebody think? What will somebody, what, what will they think of us if we, the fear if, we of failure. if we drop an idea? Right. And we drop an idea and two months later we were talking to somebody and asked how, how the body care is going. And we say, well, we killed it three months ago. Well, they never even knew. They don't care. They never saw it. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there's a lot to be said about just kind of just moving on, right? Um, figuring out which, you know, in the failed... Fail fast idea, I don't necessarily care for that term, but at the same time, if you're bootlegging it, which is what we've been doing, is we've used all of our own money reinvesting it into the business, is the sooner we can figure out what works and what doesn't, the better we are off in the long run, I think. So that's been one of the biggest things with the beginnings of, of any of these businesses. So, um, Yeah, so for me, big takeaways is focus. Um, focus, focus, focus um, on one or two initiatives tops um, and and learn to let go when time is comes to let go. It's, it's the hardest thing for someone who creates a business. Anybody knows that. It's your baby, but you got to let go. When's it's that? Only going- when, when would you 
You that, know it. That, if it's not working, you know it. You know I mean, it. deep down, when you are spending more than you're bringing for a long period of time, the demand is not there, but you're just going at it, you know. It's time. It's time. Yeah. yeah. That's it's good. Time. I think that's part of any beginning. Any part of the beginning is, you know, what's the end? You know, you don't want the end to be a failure immediately, but you definitely want the end. You know, what is the end? Is it just the end of an idea, moving on to the next idea? I mean, your journey continues, but is the, you know, there has to be an end to any concept. There's also at the, um, there's, there's also the time may come to simply maybe not kill, but reinvent your business. So if you look at Lord Wallington, Lord Wallington started as a product line for men's accessories, bow ties, ties, pocket squares, and we went at it for five years, I think, and he was not doing that great as he should have done after all that time and money and energy we invested, and we were right about to kill it. Mm-hmm. We were, yeah. So let's jump into the Lord, the Lord Wyatton journey. Um, well, probably about six years ago, came up this idea. Probably around the same time I met you, came around this idea of of the haberdashery hipster trend was high and there was a lot of room for um, small artisans to kind of create their own products and throw them online and, and sell them. So I went ahead and purchased my own sewing machine, taught myself how to sew, um, you know, which was funny as a young bachelor in his apartment sewing. On well, Friday, shout out to Friday nights. your neighbor for and, helping yeah, you trying out, my neighbor, Jana. Jana, what, what? Shout out. <laughs> uh, she helped me. She came over and helped me set up this machine, which I knew nothing about. Um, and, you know, took a pair of old pants, cut it up, and there you go. There's your first bow tie, which was really just a strip of fabric that I tied in a bow. Um, it was embarrassing at the time, but looking back at it, it was a learning experience. So we rode that wave of... It wasn't embarrassing. You were pretty proud of it. It was your first... At the time. ...thing that you created. <laughs> at yeah, the time, at the time, it was, it was a proud moment. It was proud, but, you know, maybe that'll be in the... Now looking the back. Smithsonian or something one day. Who knows? I don't even know where it's at. But um, yeah, looking back, it's pretty embarrassing. But that journey started um, when I made that decision to to start making my own products. So I started making them, wearing them, uh, wearing them to my um, my nine to five job that I had at the time, and and people started asking questions, asking me where I got them, how could they get one, um, and then it wasn't until you went into a local store and kind of pitched the idea of of selling them there, and and the owner was on board, and you know that was my first wholesale account, I guess you could say. Um, so that. That was a big, uh, um, at the time the name was I Ontiveros. My name's Emmanuel Ontiveros, and I thought it'd be great to name it after myself. And <laughs> actually, the first name was One Classy Guy. That was the very first name. Because I go, oh, that's, that's One Classy Guy wearing that tie over there. Um, and then people started asking me if it was a male escort service, which uh, quickly um, had me change the name. Um, changed it to I Ontiveros. Nobody can pronounce Ontiveros. I or they, spell it. Or spell it, right? So there's another um, example of, of marketing where, you know, if, if nobody can say it or spell it, then what good is it? Um, too They're going to find you. Too hard to remember. Right. So um, we're big Downton Abbey fans. And as the brand kind of just kept going, um, we went from me making everything one at a time. We got some big wedding orders come in. We got a couple more wholesale accounts. Um, it was a time to, we had to rebrand. So... As Downton Abbey was out, we were jokingly nickname our dogs these royal 
um, puppies names, right? You know, it'd be like you know, Lord McMushin or you know, and Lord Wallington for Wally and. and so one day we were just driving. Um, we do a lot of thinking when we drive on our long trips back home. And we were coming down and I, I said to Anna, I said, you know what, wouldn't that be interesting if we renamed the, the Lord, the Ion Tavares brand at the time, Lord Wallington. And um, Anna's really good with keeping me focused. And I don't want to say killing dreams, but she, she keeps me in line. So if it doesn't sound good or doesn't sound right immediately, she lets me know. Um, so this was probably one of the first times she kind of gave me this look of, you know what, that is a good idea. That, that sounds great. Um, because so we, I was killing everything else. That was the right. first time. Well, you know, in everything, everybody needs that, um, needs that in their life. Like I said, if you, if you don't have somebody like you in, in, in an entrepreneur's life, then we'll be homeless. Um, cause we'll go broke with all the ideas. Um, so we went ahead and, and launched Lord Wallington. We came home and with a friend, um, created the logo and, and the brand and just built Lord Wallington. That was the... The name that we came with. There's no royalty in this family um, that I know of other than Lord Wallington, our little rescue pup from wherever he's from. Um, Mexico, I think he might be from. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that's the, that's the beginning of that journey. So um, we got a, a contractor here in the States who she creates um, all of our accessories for us now. Um, and it was going pretty it was going steady for a while and I still have my nine to five and on to say, you know what? At the time we'd have no children. Um, our bills were at very minimal. And she said, now or never, you either quit your job and pursue this full time now, or you just keep doing it as a side hobby, you know, as you know, as whatever you're doing and you keep working. Um, and so that was probably one of the, um, joining the service and separating from the service was difficult, but, Leaving a, a very comfortable federal job to pursue your own thing was probably more scary than everything else um, that was there because I was literally just walking away from retirement, walking away from um, a paycheck, health benefits, everything. I just walked away from it. Um, so that was, that was interesting. That was about four, four. This is probably going on the fifth year now um, where I did that. And um, looking back at it, it was... It was the best decision I think that I could have made at the time because now that we have a three-year-old, that decision probably wouldn't have come as easily now, um, especially with where the accessories are today. I mean, the the industry just flooded with these small artisans. Um, Etsy was filled with them. Local farmers markets were filled with them. Um, Instagram, Facebook, just the way to, the ability to sell these things um, to the masses were out there, and, and you know mass-produced products from China coming in at, you know, 50 cents a piece versus what I was creating here in the States. Mine were a little bit more at, at premium. Um, so I learned all of these things as time went on. And living here in San Diego, there's a lot of development. Um, just in our neighborhood, there's slated for like 1,500 new uh, apartments and condos within the next year. So there had to be, as the entrepreneur that I am, there had to be an idea. There had to be something there, Well, right? hold on. So before that... Because we started talking about when to let things go. So we had reached a point where... We were ready to let go. We I was ready, looking for jobs. We were ready to let go of Lord Wallington. Mm-hmm. It was doing okay, but just okay. It never really went to the next level. Um, and so, you know, having put in four or five years into it, Emmanuel had a really, really hard time even considering it. Um, it's something that's really hard to accept because um, in part you, you 
you feel like it's a failure, even though it's not. It's certainly a, a rich experience. So we were right about to let it go, and we were thinking of how to um, basically tear down the business little by little when the real estate development started booming right around our building. We live in Little Italy, downtown San Diego, and all of a sudden, all these residences started popping up at the same, th at the same time. Thousands and thousands of new units right around us, all at a premium. Um, we knew a lot of families and a lot of people with um, disposable income are coming into our neighborhood. So we thought, how do we capitalize on that? And so Emmanuel always thought about a service. He always had this thing in the back of his head, product is great, but I think a service would be uh, much more successful. But we never really come up with the idea of what that service could be. And so one evening we're at home and we're talking, we're brainstorming, and Emmanuel comes up and says, you know, with all this development, I think a house cleaning, housekeeping business would be successful. And that's how it started. We started brainstorming and we thought, well, why don't we make it as a spinoff of Lord Wallington, take it up a notch from, you know, not your usual merry maids um, or your usual um, housekeeping business. How about we take it to the next level, which is a customized, personalized um, concierge home management service. Right. And that was probably, it was easier also to integrate with Lord Wallington, the Lord Wallington brand because Lord Wallington brand was, you know, we were selling the products at a premium. Um, it just gave this uh, image um, of, of class. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we were, Danton Abbey was still on. Um, at the time, mm -hmm. and we thought about this all happened one evening. I remember exactly where we were sitting in our house. The whole, we we did it all one night. We thought, let's do it as an extension of Lord Wallington. How about we call it Butler? I think Downton Abbey was probably on TV that night, and what's his <laughs> name? Um, what's his name was probably on TV, and we thought there it is, and we just that was it. Yeah, Butler so, by Laura yeah. Butler was born, um, yeah, in one night. I mean, there was a lot of thought that went into it. So there was a lot of um, ideas that we had first. And then, you know, the Butler brand came into mind. And then from there, we just went ahead and kind of reinvented the housekeeping concept that everybody's used to. So, um, and that's, that's, that's another journey. That's another beginning. So here we are at another beginning of, of butlerbylordwallington.com. And it has been, um, it's been a journey where we are more successful in the first year of Butler than we were in the four years of the Lord Wallington brand. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that success comes from the beginnings of the Lord Wallington and House of Waterloo brands because we were able to take two these two businesses and kind of marry up what we've learned from them um, because there was failures and successes on both sides. And as long as we didn't uh, duplicate those things that didn't work, then, you know. Well, I think it's also, generally speaking, it's easier to sell something that fulfills someone's need, like the service, let's say, house cleaning, right? Pretty much everyone needs house cleaning. So that's easier than sell a product that's not 
needed, but it's it's a luxury. It's a preference. So it's harder to sell something that people don't need, like a bow tie, like a like a glass. Whereas, they're nice to haves. They may not. They're yeah. nice to haves, but it's yeah. Yeah, so that's been an interesting journey for the Lord Wallington brand also. Um, so I think there's just been a lot of ups, a lot of downs in both brands that we've had. We've been lucky enough to have each other's support throughout these entire, um, the, between uh, this entire journey, which has been great. Um, <clears throat> first time I've ever shared with anybody publicly, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Lord Wallington brand was almost dead. Um, but I think that's, it feels good to say that out loud. Mm-hmm. And we re-resurrected it, I guess. Um, through the Butler by Lord Wallington concept. Yep. It's it's doing better than it did before in all that time. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, so I think those, that's just a good way to start with this, uh, the podcast, just the beginnings of, of where we are and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what we're doing. Um, I think next time we talk, we're going to go into more depth about um, each brand. So we'll go into more depth of in detail of the House of Honolulu brand and the Lord Wallington and LordWallington.com brands and really what, um, what we've learned as far as who our customer bases are. Um, we talk about everything it's about how we market the brand, how we, how we get clients, how we package product. I mean, there's so much that can go into these, um, into these podcasts. So we're going to share a little bit about all that with you. We're also going to bring on guest speakers. Um, I have a couple entrepreneur, um, veteran entrepreneurs that were in the service with me, uh, lined up to where they to come in and tell them, tell us about their journey. Um, both are from completely different worlds. One's in real estate investment and the other is in manufacturing. Um, so it's just been, it's been a journey for everybody and it's really exciting to see everybody's, um, success, whether it's true success or not, that's up to you. Uh, you determine your success, if it's freedom with your family or if it's money, monetary, whatever the case is, everybody's interpretation of success is different. And I think that these two guys, um, really bring a lot to the table and have a lot to share with everybody. Um, so I want to thank you, Anda, for spending time with me. Yes, thank um, you. This won't be the last time you're on here. That's I'm for sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, all right. Thank you, everybody. And um, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to It's Not That Hard, our weekly podcast. If you can leave us a review and feedback, that would be great. Your feedback and reviews are what keep us going. Thanks. Mm-hmm.